Our scripture lesson this morning is from the 24th chapter of Luke, verses 13 through 27. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So in case you didn't notice, the story that she just read to you is Easter Sunday. That's the third day that they're talking about. And this is the walk to Emmaus. And so you have these two characters, one whose name we never know, and the other being Cleopas. And what's so cool about that is that Cleopas is never mentioned anywhere else in the scriptures. We have no idea who this character is. And I love that because that says to me that Jesus showed up for regular folk like you and I, people who weren't part of the 12 that were chosen, but that mass of others, those who followed and listened and learned and wanted to hear and know more. But this is Easter Sunday, and it seems appropriate, really, that as we begin Lent this week, that we would have our eyes on the goal at the end of that season, which is Easter Sunday. And so we have these witnesses that are walking along and they've seen what's happened in Jerusalem. But verse 16 is very, very clear and it says they did not know what they had seen. They did not understand. And so I have this great, I googled walk to Emmaus on our, and I have this great image. Of, I believe this is supposed to be Jesus walking with the people on the road to Emmaus. And so we have this revealing and unveiling, and the scripture says that God, through Jesus, told them what the meaning of those events meant. I think that happens to us all the time. I think that when we're in the midst of life, we have trouble seeing meaning in it. We don't have a lot of wisdom about what happened in our everyday, and we forget to pause and go, wow. 
that was pretty incredible. And for some of us, it may take everybody else at our house going to bed before we can take that breath and look back at our day and appreciate where we saw God. And for others of us, we may need to leave our homes completely, have an interruption to our regular schedule and be in an, a different place. And then for some like me, I like to move and do and be. And so there, uh, we have this interesting journey and conversation. Sometimes we just don't get it. And it takes being in conversation with somebody else before we realize what we missed, right? They remind us to see the holy in the everyday. And the thing about it is, all of these things are happening for these two people. They are in conversation. They are away from their daily life. They are on this journey. And so they step away. And in the stepping away, God reveals to them the Easter story. What does it mean? Why did it happen? And so this is our last week of our series called Ancient Glimpses. If you haven't been around or if you are a guest, we have been looking backwards at ancient practices and ways in which we can open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, where we can know God more. And to be honest with you, some of those have been kind of hard, right? Like, be still. Stop talking so much. <laughs> Just listen and let God speak, right? Some of those are hard to do. And so doers, people who like to be busy, people like me, uh, even when we know we're supposed to do those things, we know they're a bomb to our soul, sometimes it's hard to be still. We make grocery lists, or we think of all the things we should be doing, or, right? It's just hard for some of us to stay focused. And so I want to tell you a story. A couple of years ago, uh, four cler three clergy friends and myself, we went on a clergy retreat into Colorado. And um, we were, as part of this three-day retreat, we were told that we had half a day of silence on the schedule. We're not allowed to talk to anyone for half a day. Well, that was hard on me. And so we were told we could do anything we wanted. And so my friend Bob, who's a pastor in Oregon, he went down to the hot tub connected to our building and he laid in the water and looked at the trees and just thought for half a day. I can't imagine being still that long. And then my other friend, Bill, they had told us about these different books that we should read, and so he decided to be productive in his half a day of silence, and he read one of the books and, you know, was getting smarter kind of thing. And then my friend Paula took that time. She, uh, she decided to catch up on work and got out her computer and tried to get through her list of things to do. But I was in Colorado, I didn't want to be stuck in the cabin, and so I went for a hike. And um, this was another hike I took during that week. Uh, we, went, we drove over the pass to get into um, Frasier uh, and kind of the, the area where we were. And so this is me at the top of the pass, and I hiked. I spent that half a day going as high as I could on the house, behind the house, and I saw God revealed to me in ways. I love the mountains. They make me feel small. And to be honest with you, that feels great. When my life feels like my problems and my worries are so big, to feel small and to realize my own insignificance, 
oh, that makes me breathe easier. And so I had this lovely day, and it was so hard because I see other hikers, and they'd all want to say hello. And I'd just go, like, nod, because I knew I wasn't supposed to interact or speak with anyone. That forced isolation opened me up in a way to the holy that nothing else can do. And so on that journey, my soul was mended, and it was fed, and it was so good for me. One of the ancient practices that we want to introduce you to, in case you do not know it, is the labyrinth. And the lovely uh, group of people who've already been to church today at 8.30, uh, led by Jean Stout, they removed all the chairs in the chapel to the side and they set up a labyrinth that Pastor Charlotte and I rented for you um, the labyrinth is an interesting, it's a journey. And um, the, when Christianity was new, one of the things that they would do was pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And they would take this journey, and then they would sit in that holy place, and then they would go back home. Well, what happened was Jerusalem was conquered in 638, and so it was no longer possible or safe to go to Jerusalem. And so it prompted the development of these labyrinths. Now, the one that we have rented is a copy of one that was built in the year 1220. And um, you are invited to walk the labyrinth and um, be still and be quiet and to see if you can open yourselves to the holy. It's important that you realize that a labyrinth is not a maze. It is not the intention for you to get lost or to not be able to find your way. It's a single path wrapped around each other. And so you walk the path to the middle, and then in the middle, you center yourself, and then you take the same path out. Now, these are the movements of the labyrinth, the phases to walking, the journey in. In the journey in, you are supposed to let go. Put down the grocery list. Stop thinking about the list of things you need to do. Give God your worries and peel away all of those barriers that we put up to separate us from God. Then when you get to the middle, that time in the center, our mystics for the last few weeks have used this language of oneness with the holy. Allow yourself to experience oneness with the holy. Speak to God. Let God speak to you. And then on the journey out of the labyrinth, you take that time in the center with you to face the world. You don't leave it behind, but you carry it because you have been nourished and you have been fed by the Holy Spirit. Now, the reality is not all of you will like the labyrinth, just like not all of us like to be still and quiet, right? It's not for everyone, but it is this beautiful illustration of the process that imitates the dying and the rising of Christ, which is the story that is the heart of our faith right? And so the labyrinth is just one way that is beautiful for people to immerse themselves with intentionality to be still and know God. Now you might not know, but right here down the road at Hunter Park at 91st right here, there is a permanent labyrinth. I have taken youth groups there. I've taken music. I have never seen anyone use it but me. 
<laughs> or my group, but it is there all the time, all day, every day. So when our labyrinth and the building is gone, if this is something that moves your soul, you don't have to stop doing it. It's right there. And there are three or four of them available in Tulsa if you want to experience all of them. So today's mystic, the one that we want to talk to you about, is St. Teresa of Avila. She was alive, um, actually that's wrong, it's 515 to 591, uh, and so she... Uh, I love this picture and I chose it because she's on a journey and she has a walking staff, right? And so she is so beautiful. Some might say we saved the very best mystic for last. She was a nun in the convent of the Incarnation. She uh, actually saw it as sort of uh, burdensome and routine. And she didn't think that her personal relationship with Christ was growing very much. And she really, really struggled with this for 20 years. She struggled with the rituals and the inactions of the church that she felt did not move her to know God more deeply. She was not experienced this oneness with God. Now, I know for some of us, we have felt that. We've been jealous when we've heard a story of somebody who's had those moments, those mountaintop experiences. For 20 years, she prayed and she worked, and, uh, and then she realized that her relationship with God needed to be a deeply personal one. I think I have some of that here. Yes, she said that instead of being methodical, Prayer could be powerful. And so she shed some of those rules and restrictions and she started uh, exploring ways that she could know God more deeply. And so today we wanted you to consider that freedom, to allow it to be your gift, to find a way to allow yourself to stand in the center with God to be intentional about surrounding yourself in a way and a space that opens you up to the Holy Spirit. Because like anything else you are good at, you need to be intentional about it. I said that when I hike, that time on the mountain is food for my soul. Our souls need food, just like our bodies need food. They are unhealthy when they get no time and attention. And maybe it's the music that we sing at church that you sing all week long. Or maybe it's a hike like me. Or maybe it's just being still. But whatever it is, we encourage you to find it. Spend time in that place. Do the things that allow you to open yourself to the holy. Jesus chose to walk on that road to Emmaus with those regular, ordinary people just like you and I. And in that moment, he revealed things to them they had never imagined. And so I want to invite you, make time. Make it a priority. Allow yourself to recognize that Jesus is journeying with you and that if you allow it, something awesome might actually be revealed. Amen?